Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Insane in the Membrane. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane, with me, Rich Wilson. And this week I'm joined by brilliant comedian Ricky Sim. Hello. Hello. So nice to be here. Thank you, Rich. Lovely to have you here. And thank you. Well, I'll explain. Uh, there is a time difference as Ricky is in Queens uh, in New York and we are in uh, the southeast of England. So there's a bit of a time delay, uh, a time difference. And Ricky, thank you so much for being up early in the morning to talk to us, no mate. Really appreciate it. No worries. <laughs> so great to be yeah. here. Good to have you on. Uh, so were you gigging last night? Were you out and about? Uh, yeah, I was. I uh, I did like two shows uh, last night, one storytelling show and one comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. And all good? Had a good time? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was fun. It was uh, all in one area too. I didn't have to like commute too much. I could just like, walk from like one spot to the other in oh, like man. ten minutes. Yeah, that's that's the best. Like, yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream double. When it's just that, there's a few here where this is not a big country, but when you're trying to when the gig is like there's an hour drive between the two, and right because we're all we're all bunched in together. An hour could yeah it could yeah it's a tricky one. I've been caught out a couple of times where. You know, I'm like, oh, it's only up the road, and I'll be sat in my car. I'm like, oh, oh no, this has gone horribly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, An hour, like, including traffic, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, wow. I think I was I, the, the only time I've really, I've really messed up. I was an hour late for my slot for the second slot, and the MC had to fill. Yeah, I mean, he did it. He did his entire solo show. In the time oh. it took me to get there, <laughs> he was, he's ready for the French. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really, his Netflix special is ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, I, normally I'm I, it's, normally I'm all right. Normally I'm all right. But the, yeah, um, but I, I was I've been checking you out, looking at your stuff, coming out to dead people oh. uh, with yes. your show. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, do you want to do you want to explain explain the, the, <laughs> that it's quite the, yeah, it's quite sure. the title. It's uh yeah, it's a it's a show, it's a comedy solo show about me coming out to my mom when she had cancer, uh, right. and it's also a show about uh sort of me growing up uh, skating in New York City uh, as a as a uh, gay and Asian immigrant. Uh, mm. Yeah, so so basically, sort of an hour of uh, stand up hybrid of stand-up and storytelling uh, within that show with a, with a little bit of a twist towards the end. All right, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I won't spoil it. Don't spoil it for the... Yeah, let's keep it nah, for the show. Nah. 
uh, we'll keep it for the show. Yes, coming to London. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So when are you coming to London with it? Uh, January 22nd to 24th uh, at Soho okay. Theatre, yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, I'll be sure if I'm around, I'll come and, I'd love to come and see that. Oh, yes, there. please. That'd be great, <laughs> man. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And I love the term Gaijin. That just, that's excellent. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah is this your first time heard of that term or <laughs> i think i must have heard it once before <laughs> i must have done but i've just it just got me there I'm like, oh man <laughs> so was there is there a, is, was there a pressure to come out you know do you think now in the 21st I, century people are I more think, at ease with people's sexuality yeah now i think now it, it definitely has gotten better in the West. Uh, um, mm. My show took place in the early 2000s. So right, that was right, a different right. era at the time. I, think, I don't think gay marriage was legalized in the US. No. Yet. I think it was still like on a state-by-state state basis. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember back then I was just like looking at the news and I was like, oh, yes, like like New Jersey. So oh, oh, I think it was Connecticut first. And, you know, like we were kind of like, oh, we're going to go to that state next. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really a different era. But now I think it's a lot easier uh, for people born and grew up in the West. But I feel like in the in Asia, um, where I'm from, Malaysia, um, uh, it's still, there's still an anti-sodomy law really? in effect in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it's one of the uh, leftover uh, law from the colonial period. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, I, I think, I think uh, a lot of, a lot of people who came to my show, especially during the Fringe, uh, a lot of them were from sort of um, Southeast Asia region or even from China uh, where they, uh, kind of have dealt with like similar uh, experience of like guilt, uh, parental expectation, um, mm. and things like that. That just I don't think has really been kind of dived in uh, as much uh, uh, when it comes to sort of like stage or performance narrative, uh, mm. uh, or you know most of the coming out narrative uh, at least from what I've seen has sort of been focusing more on like our religions perspective, more Western kind of perspective. Right. And, um, and I think a lot of people who came to my show, they, uh, you know, they all kind of told me at the end, which I found it really gratifying, um, you know, for doing that show because, you know, they, they came and they told me that they, they feel seen, they feel relatable in many ways. Um, yeah, and that was one of the most rewarding part when I was doing the show at the French. Uh, it's the mm. connection with the audience member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 you don't realize how not powerful. You don't realize where like people people at shows that watch us, and if we're talking about things that hit them hard, they're kind of like, oh wow, that's I've got a bit that I do about trans issues, about the about the mm-hmm. people kicking up such a fuss about the the bathrooms. And, tra- and the gender neutral things. And I've had people come up to me afterwards, trans people, and said, it's so nice to hear someone who isn't trans talking about it. And you don't realise, you go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that is, is a powerful thing that we, a powerful position that we find ourselves in. And it's, and it's, and it's nice that we can use it for positive things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, you're, you, you are genuine. If you, one person comes up and goes, I, like you said, I feel seen. 
that means it's all completely worth it. Everything you've done is completely worthwhile. It's a beautiful feeling. Do you know what I mean? It's a it lovely、is. thing.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember received a, a message from from an audience member、uh, after one of the show, and he just told me he was like.、Um, um, I think one of my line in the show is say like coming out in many ways is a privilege,、um, right. and and then he said you know like like he felt it he felt it and then he was like even after he came out he feel like he kind of had to shove his parents into the closet because his parents would feel the need to like protect him by not.、Mm. Uh, whenever his parents with like friends or relative, and to him that make him feel guilty, and that's like a lot. A lot of it has to do with sort of like just a society, collective society as a whole.、Um, that you know, like they they just kind of have the expectation. Oh, hey, your son is at certain age. Like, why isn't he married yet? And you know, things like that. And yeah, and sometimes a lot of parents like after you know even after the queer child come out. Then it's the it's the parents' part that that they have to feel like they also have to go through their own coming out process.、Mm. Um, yeah. So so when when he sent me the message, I I I was like I almost like cry. I was just like that's really、yeah. that kind of reaffirmed why I wrote the show and why I did the show in the first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's. it's It, it, it's yes, it, like talking about the, yeah. You'd think in the twenty first century, people are more at ease with people's sexualities. Become it's like it's not a it's not an, it's not a, it's not important. That's not it's not important thing about a person, you know. And their sexuality is irrelevant. But it is the generations before that are still dealing with it. The you know like the like bringing shame on the family, and you're like, but it shouldn't. And it's like, so they're like you say, so they're having to learn. As well, that you know, just because、yeah. a person is gay, it doesn't doesn't it doesn't matter. It's not they're not less of a person just because they're gay. It's a it's a and it, it, I, I find that I I talk with people in my in my family, I have conversations with them, but the conversations are positive now. They are actually starting to come around, and I've got aunts and uncles that are actually messaging me saying, "Can I listen to your podcast? Because I want to." I'm interested in this or that, and so it's happening. But yeah, he's <laughs> he's getting there. But I think that that whole, like you say, the whole family, the tradition of family in other cultures is, seems to be a lot stronger than here in the UK. So yeah, that's definitely、uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's we forget sometimes. We we I'm I personally I find myself in a privileged position to be able to say, ah,、oh, people are fine with people's sexuality now, and then you're like. No, no, there's still there's still some shit to deal with. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think like language might have to do with it too, right? Like when the older generation is consuming content or media in, let's say, Chinese,、uh, and 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 you know, like like a lot of media that they they might they might censor a lot of queer. Uh, related content, while the children or or the immigrant children or child you know, Asian diaspora,、um, they might consuming English content, so that could create a you know a bigger and、oh, bigger yeah, wider kind of like communication gap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is what I love. While I'm doing this podcast, is I get to talk to people from different places 
and <laughs> it makes me realize a few things. You go, fuck, I, just when you think you've got your head around something, you go, actually, you might want to consider this. And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, <laughs> of course. You know, it's, it's, it's all these different things to consider. Like you say, like a simple thing about language, just that simple thing. And it just changes everything. That's, I hadn't even thought about that, of course. Yeah. See, <laughs> amazing, Ricky. Amazing, man. Amazing. Um, but what I do find that, I mean, I'm saying that people are more at ease with people's sexuality now, but there are some countries where people's rights have, are being taken away. Again, in America, it's just yeah. changing. Again. It feels like they're going backwards again and like, women's rights are getting taken away. And, 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 and it, how does that feel? How, would you, how, how are you finding that? It does, in a way, it does kind of, uh, I was going to say deja vu, but but I feel like, honestly, it's, it's so hard to tell what's mm. going to happen. Uh, I, I do feel like um, we have came so far in America, we've came so mm. far in terms of um, um, sexuality and, and, and gender identity, Um um, front and also the women's right. I think, I think, um, however, I, I, I just can't see a sort of like go too far back. Mm. But then I also yeah. think, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I also did not expect 2016 to be the way it was. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, true. I don't, I don't want to say anything and jinx anything, but but I just what part of me is like I think there's still a little bit of a, um, uh, like like hopefulness that I don't like you know it might swing back, but not too much or not as uh, further back as where or when I you know uh, mm. how, when I grew up in early two thousand. Um, but the other part of me, I just feel like it it could be. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. It is. It's so difficult to tell. And yeah, it's, I think what's happening is, I think everyone around the world, because governments are now being shown to be lacking, you know, and being shown to be so corrupt everywhere. Yeah, and, it, and we're under. We're all under so much pressure now. We're like, we're, we're there's this cost of living crisis that is that is across the world. You know, everybody's struggling to get by. Everyone's struggling to pay bills. And I think once that starts to happen, when we start to feel that pressure, we start to go in on ourselves mm-hmm. and then we start to shut down certain things. You know what I mean? Like fear, we get scared of things. So we start to kind of trying to find places to put other people to blame for what's going on and taking out those frustrations on each other. And I think governments play on that. I think they they know that. They go, oh yeah, well, they they want us to be closed down and separate from each other and fighting with each other. So it distracts from their bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It's that it's yeah. I think there's a lot of that as well as a fear. That, yeah, you know that. Yeah, the fear is the best way to yeah. create a voting block, right? Like yeah. If you have a common enemy, then you have like you can create one voting block out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like over here at the minute. Um, the 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 big stories at the moment. The government keep pushing this agenda that it's 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 illegal immigrants coming across here to the UK in, in, in boats or the tiny boats, as they call them, the little boats. 
And they said, oh, that's the issue. That's why we need to stop that. And you're like, no, 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 that's not the issue. Those people are not the issue. Those people are, have put themselves at great, in grave danger to come to a safe place that they think is a safe place. They're not the issue. You're the issue. You, you, the, the people saying they're, the, you know, oh, it's the tiny boat, it's the little boat. It's not that. Stop doing that. It's it's so frustrating. It's like, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's getting to the point, you're like, I don't know what to do. What do we do? You know, I'm just shouting at my phone every day, like, you piece of shit. It's nothing to do with those people, you know? The reason they're fleeing yeah. where they're from is because of people like you, you know, that have created all these issues. And it, and it, it upsets me. It does upset me. But I don't know. Hopefully... Hopefully there'll be change. We can do something. I don't know. It's a difficult. It's a difficult. Uh, it's a difficult um, subject to tackle that you and I mm-hmm. won't be able. Won't be able to sort out today. <laughs> 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 you know. But where did you grow up, Ricky? Where did you Where did you grow up? Uh, I was born. I was born and raised in Malaysia. Uh, came to mm. New York when I was thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up, I kind of like half and half, I would say, like Malaysia, New York. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find the change? Because you would have been, a, you've just become a teenager as well. So you're going through everything, you know, your body's changing and then you're, you're yeah. taking from Malaysia to New York. What a massive change for you. It was, it was, it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't in a way. Uh, most of my family were already here in the US when I, when I immigrated here. Um, so that make it a lot easier for me to adjust and then, um, but I think, um, yeah, I think the cultural like adjustment, that was a, that was a, that was a big adjustment for me. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of grew up in, um, sort of Chinatown, Queens, Flushing. Right. Um, so not, you know, not like. Not like, like when I go to school, the school is not like how you how you watch it from American media, like Seven Heaven or no. some United Teenage Way. There's nothing like that. Um, so it's more like <laughs> inner city kind of public school. Um, yeah, even when I was here, I was like, wait, that's the school I see on TV, but that's not the school I go to in the US. Like, how no. is that? <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I mean, yeah. So so in a way, I I I uh, um, it it also. I think like when I was in Malaysia, I learned like the English. I I supposed to speak more English back then, but I wasn't a good mm. student. Uh, <laughs> so coming here, just like learning the new language, that was also a, also another yeah. another kind of hurdle. Uh, but but even for the English that I learned in Malaysia, it was all like British English. Like so so like right. when I come here, and just the kids will be like, "Oh, why why does Ricky say biscuit instead of like?" Uh, uh, um, you know, cracker or, or, or yeah. cookie, yeah, yeah, or yeah. yeah, or like toilet, you know, things like that. So yeah, so there were a lot. There were there were like here and there, like adjustment like that that I had to kind of deal with when I came. Yeah, but you could speak yeah. English, so it wasn't you weren't completely starting from scratch. I don't know how to explain it. It was it was more like I could read English. I couldn't right. I couldn't converse in English. So no. it was more like textbook English. Oh, uh, uh, right, yeah. Right, because I in that environment uh, where I, I went to Chinese school in Malaysia, so I just did not have to, yeah, I did not have to like, speak another language. So 
it wasn't until I came here then that's when I fully kind of immersed mm. in the environment. Yeah, yeah. And coming up, and you know, you're you're coming into your teenage years. You've you've reached puberty now. You're becoming a man, as they say. And you know, it, it, how did you feel with your sexuality? Because did you did you think there'd be an issue, or were you pretty cool with it? You were like, oh, you know, it is what it is. You know, did that was, create another hurdle pretty, for you? I was pretty cool with it. I I realized I was gay when I was in Malaysia. Actually, uh, mm. even though when I first came out, all my 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 family were like, "Yeah, it gotta be America. America gives you gives you too much freedom, and that's why you're gay, right?" Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they wow. thought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was like, it, be, like you chose to be gay because it's in the constitution. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I, 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 yeah, I, I realized I was gay uh, when I was in Malaysia. Like, um, yeah, and, and I found out about it in the most ADHD way possible, and I did oh, not really? even realize I had ADHD. So I was just like many teen boys in school i was just like browsing through once you get the computer at home and once you be able to mm. access internet i was just you know like all, all the boys are starting like to like oh do you know this website you'll be able to watch porn and i was like oh sure yeah and then i started browsing it and then a gay porn ad pops up and i was like "Ooh, dick and i just never came back <laughs> since then <laughs> it's funny isn't it? i've said this before you you know who you are. You're at your purest form when you are on your own, and it's what you're yeah. thinking about or what you're looking at. That's that's you, and you know, and it, and you should be able to embrace that and go, yeah, fuck it, I like a dick. It's fine, you know. It's um, <laughs> it's it's. I've 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 t- I've got this whole bit, and I've said it on here before. I worked in the gay sauna for a bit, and. Uh, a friend of mine got me the job and, and you know, because I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. And I ended up having a thing with a guy uh, a couple of times where he paid me to to do things. And, um, yeah, and it, it and it made me, I was like, I wanted to try it because I'm like, I want to see. I want to see what happens. Like, maybe this will be a turning point for me. And I go, oh, fuck, yeah, I enjoyed that. And I did enjoy it, but it made me realise, oh, yeah, I'm not gay. I liked it. It was a nice feeling, but... It wasn't really what I'm into, but I'm glad I did it. I'm so glad right. I did it, you know, because it made me. I'm going. All right, okay, cool. I've I, I've done that now. I've ticked that box, and then I'm like, okay, we'll go on about my day. So I think more people should experiment with these things. You know, <laughs> it might release a bit of tension. You know, you know, that's, you know? that's funny because I I remember my dad told me that when I when I first came up to him, and he was just like. Yeah, go try it, but just yeah. get married with a woman afterward. You can try it <laughs> and keep trying. Try it as much as you want. Yeah, just get this out of your system. Ma- just get married and and have a family afterward. Uh, so we can tell you know friends and relatives about your wife and our you know our future children-in-law. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you think that's what it is? It's more about it's more about legacy that family are worried about they're more about continuing the family name the family line you um, know i i think it's a bit of the 
uh, it's a bit of that. It's definitely about mm. family line. Uh, um, I, I growing up, I remember my dad showed me this little booklet where uh, we record like our lineage of family back from Song Dynasty in China. Yeah, uh, like that's how important to him. Like, like, like passing down like the the last name to the, the next generation, the next generation. Um, to him, I think in a way, he would feel like he hasn't fulfilled his duty as a dad by mm. not making sure his children will have grandchildren. Um, I think that's right. part of it. I think that's mm. also another part of it is um, more like uh, sort of the the thought of how are you going to have family in the future? Like who's going to take care of you? I think, I think at the mm. time, uh, the, the time that my mom was dealing with cancer and my dad is, uh, you know, was also seeing like my mom is slowly kind of fading away. Like the sense mm. of like, um, you're losing a significant other who's supposed to be your life partner. Um, and um, they're not going to be there anymore. And then you see your son who chose to them, you chose to be gay, right? Uh, yeah, of course. And how, like, like who, like who knows whether he's gonna have a life partner and 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 children to take care of him? Like, it's a very old school kind of mentality. Mm. But then, like, that just sort of like further um, heightened at the time of like stress when you see uh, a, a beloved member of the family is dying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, I mean, now, you know, because people who are gay can get married, people get married and they can adopt and they can have surrogate kids. They can, there's a, there's a way now that people can do it. So yeah. hopefully that will change the mindset of people. Maybe. Hopefully. 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 Yeah, maybe. Other, maybe. But then there's the other side of it, regardless of sexuality, some people don't want to have children. They just don't want right. to. Or they, right. or they, or they can't have them, or you know, or as a generation now that they're, they're saying uh, the planet is in turmoil, with, there are too many people, we're and we don't want to have children, right? So there's a, that there's that generation as well now. So yeah, yeah, you know, I think yeah, I think I think all that was like, like I'm sure a lot of people know it, and I'm sure like 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 I grew up like I I know it at the back of my head. I think it just. It's just the sense of me, them kind of like uh, brought me over here in the U.S. and immigrated here and done a lot, right, as the parents. And then am I not doing them right, like, by not Mm. fulfilling what they wish for? I think it's that sense of sort of like guilt and responsibility. Oh, yeah. Um, That, I think, was what... Uh, I wrote in and brought in a lot in in the show and to kind mm. of explore that that because that does kind of create uh, a sense of like um, yeah like it has like, it has an p- impact on on what decision yeah. I make even later in my life right and and like a lot of people talk about professionalism in in job or in in work um, in many ways that's a professionalism of being like a perfect son or perfect child yeah. for the family. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. How did that, how did you feel with that pressure knowing that you were going to, is this all part of getting to a point where you're like, I'm going to, I need to talk to them about this now? You know, like the pressure's building. You've got, like you say, there's that guilt that you feel like you're not. Oh, at the time, being a I wasn't son. able to talk to them. No. <laughs> at wow. the time, I don't think I was able to talk to them. Yeah, I think, I think, I think at the time, when, like, when, <laughs> when, when she was when she was diagnosed with cancer, I think that just trumped all conversation yeah. within the household, right? And which, of right, course, really yeah. so, right? Um, yeah <laughs> right how did that how did you feel when you found out because had your mum been ill up until that point you weren't sure what it was or was it sudden like what was happening it how was did you feel sudden. Mm. I think it was quite sudden in the way that like in the beginning I really just thought that she'll be all right she will yeah. be fine uh and then her health just like deteriorated like very quickly like no I think at that point, I, I just wasn't ready for it. I just, I, I was like, no one prepared me for this. Like, I didn't know, no. uh, like somebody that I see day in and day out could just be gone that quickly. Um, yeah. it was also during the time that I, I kind of like, oh, trying to like go to college, um, and like the mentality of like in the West, you know, especially in the U.S., is like, oh, once you hit eighteen. You go to college, you be your own person, mm. right? You 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 go stay at the dorm, and you know just you know you leave your family, you, you know. Um, but then that's not particularly true to a lot of Asian immigrant family. I think a lot of Asian immigrant family that I know of, usually the the family, the parents are kind of resistant. There's always that codependency between the mm. immigrant parents who don't really assimilate to the 
to the country, they were depending on the younger generation to be at home and continue to like support them. So that right. was already that right. Ah,、uh, that codependency within the you know immigrant parents and the children, and on top of that, ah,、uh, my mom was sick and her health was deteriorated really fast. And ah,、oh, right. uh, and then so I, even though I um. I moved out. I went to I went to、um, stay at the dorm,、uh, not even that far. It was Bronx. It was just like、mm. another borough of New York City. Yeah,、um, yeah. And I was, you know, I, I think I would still have to like change my mind. But all right, I think I have to move back. I think I like I can't do what a lot of the、uh, sort of like the 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 standard of what a Western college kid should be doing. Right,、mm. so I just decided to like you know like move back and and yeah, and spend like the last year of her life with her. Oh wow, mate! I'm so、yeah. sorry. It's it's one of those things. I haven't. We've had a few people on here that have talked about grief and losing a, a loved one. I haven't. I've been. I haven't yet. But you know, they're not getting any younger. My 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 dad was seventy eight yesterday, and my mum's my mum's seventy seventy one. Oh, that's so. It's on my、young. mind. <laughs> yeah, well, it's on my mind, man. It's on my mind. I just, But, it, it's yeah, yeah. They're still running around.、That. They're still doing stuff. That's great. Very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm still, I still worry. I still worry. You know, and it's, it's funny when you see because when you're growing up and your parents are these, they're these colossal human beings that seem to be sort of bulletproof to you. Right, you know they've they've brought you up, they've protected you. They are like the ultimate kind of human beings, and then when they get older, when they get sick, and you see them fragile, and you know that that especially if your mum, your mum, you know, becoming so ill so quickly, that must have been awful for you. You must have been. How did you cope with those, those feelings? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I. <laughs> Coping very well, hence、no. I wrote a solo show many years afterward.、Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how people, right? That's how people become comedian, right? Like, like I think somebody <laughs> told me this. It's like usually people become comedians either because they got dumped or somebody died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got dumped. <laughs> <laughs> like that's your comedian like origin story, <laughs> like just like yeah, any superhero、yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like there's an origin story for every comedian. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's always a, yeah tragedy, and you go fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand in front of strangers and try and get them to love me instead. <laughs> yes, exactly.、But、it yeah, that was exactly it.、Yeah. So yeah, so that was a, so. How did you? How did you cope? Is, I, is that what it is? You just went fuck it. No, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't start doing comedy until like maybe ten plus years after that. But I mean, things are still in my mind.、Um, mm. I think I don't know. I I I, I remember. I even tried to like. This is actually one of the joke in my in my set.、Uh, I was like, I even trying to find like a a, a therapist like like、mm. to talk to. And again, that was like early um, early two thousand. It was, it was kind of it was hard to find a gay therapist and it was hard to find an Asian therapist in New York.、Mm. Um, and then, and then like like and and because it's so specific 
right? It's like, oh, hey, I'm talking about, I'm talking about sort of like the the uh, Asian parent expectations. Um, that sometimes if the therapist is not familiar with it, it's just hard to kind of like get that across. So like why? Yeah. Like a lot, a lot of them will just be. Like, I don't understand why you, why you, why you have to feel that way. Just don't feel guilty, right? I, I was like, <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> is that it? Yeah. Is that it? That's all. That's all I have to yeah, do. Yeah, just switch. Yeah, stop switch. <laughs> just switch it off. Oh. Right. Just, just yeah. Turn it off. Just, just live your life. I was like, really? Okay. That's it. <laughs> Are you sure this yeah. was a therapist? <laughs> it wasn't just someone you bumped into in a gas station. <laughs> no, but like, I think, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think essentially yeah. that's kind of like boiling down to like that, that, that takeaway. Um, so that was, that was, you know, I kind of dealt with that. I was like, um, hopping from, you know, like, like I, I mean, I, I eventually did have a, 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 a therapist who, who really was really good and really um, uh, familiar with, with my family. And uh, I think he helped me a lot uh, to to kind of cope with the the whole uh, 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 grief and, and uh, uh, coming out thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think other than that, I honestly didn't, I don't think I really like intentionally like process the grief or like cope with it. Uh, mm. I just kind of let time just kind of like uh, wash it away. And, and, and I think, you know, people always say that like grief, you, you, you can never, you can never like, it's, it's never going to be go. It's not, it's not, it's always going to no. be part of you. It's always going to, um, you know, make you who you are, right? And you just yeah. kind of have to accept that and just like, kind of like sexuality in a way. Mm. Like, yeah. you just kind of realize that like it's you uh, and, and kind of like ADHD as well. It's like, it's not something that you, you, you can in- intentionally just like, like cover it, just like accept it and just, you know, go on with your days with that, uh, you know, at the back of your head and as part of you. Mm. Um, and just embrace it and make it who you are. Yeah, yeah. That's just something that's been said a lot with a guy called uh, Mark Lemon. And Mark Lemon has been on, he talks about, um, he talks a lot about what happened to him and his, his father was murdered when he was a young lad. And so to have a loved one taken away from him by somebody else. And he's done, he does a lot of talks and he does a lot of work about with people about grief and helping them deal with grief. He's a brilliant man. And, um, and yeah, he was one of the ones he goes, he was one of the first people that said to me, like you, it never goes, you just find a way to carry it around with you. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's it. Like you say, it becomes part of, just becomes part of you. And that, do you, do you speak to your mum still? Like, you know, do you ever, uh, like, I, I, do. I spoke to my, 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 yeah, yeah. Because I, I spoke to my grandma the other day who passed away last year. I was just yeah. having a moment. And oh, I went, sorry. oh, man, fuck. <laughs> so you do, you do speak to your mum. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there are always, uh, you know, um, things that you keep uh, with yourself that you're like, all right, mm. that's something that will remind me of her or him. And, and that's something that, and I, I don't really, like, I don't say, 
like outwardly speaking no, no, no. that thing, but like just like in my head, I was just like, huh, wouldn't it be great if you if you see me doing comedy right now? You probably mm. will kill me if you see me doing comedy <laughs> in my head. I was thinking like, <laughs> yeah, my mom definitely doesn't want me to. Do a gig for five dollar a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't. They're like, what? Are you? <laughs> she would come back and she'd be like, "Listen, you know, you've already put yourself through so much by, you know, right. with me going. Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> like, that would have killed me faster than cancer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, what are you trying to do to me? It's already, it's already bad enough. <laughs> I do, but I, I believe in I believe in energy, and I believe that you know the, our energy just goes back out into the universe, and we become part of something else. You know, so I don't think we ever energy energy doesn't you can't energy doesn't doesn't die. It just I think it just goes into somewhere else. So that's how I yeah. see it. You know, yeah, I don't think there's a load of relatives like standing around me watching me. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> like, have you got nothing better to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's, that's was, fun. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. I think it was George Carlin that had a whole bit about that. Just well, that's your that's your life now. That's your like you, you've already you've passed on, and now you got to spend the rest yeah. of eternity watching your relatives. <laughs> that's that's funny because I was uh, I was on another podcast. Um, uh, I was talking about Asian superstition. Uh, mm. and one of the superstition that I grew up listening was um, when when my parents uh, were driving and we were on a long distance road trip. And then if we can't find a bathroom and then, you know, like I'll, I'll have to pee in the woods. And then my parents mm. would be like, yeah, just go pee in the woods, but make sure to say, excuse me, I'm peeing um, because you want to make sure that, you know, you say that. So the spirit in the woods would like, like turn around <laughs> and like, like not. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Just, <laughs> oh, you yeah. said earlier, Sorry. it reminded me of that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that's going to be in my head. Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> this omnipotent, being that is everywhere, <laughs> right? Well, you have to, you have to, you have to warn. Excuse me, could you turn around for a minute? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah I apologize. <laughs> Are you done? You finished? Okay. Do you need some? Do you need some paper? Are you good? <laughs> right. You can you can turn around now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Thanks very much. <laughs> I it's find about, that amazing. <laughs> Yeah, basically, even on any <laughs> level, even on a spiritual level, yes, <laughs> you, you still have to get consent. <laughs> but that's too bad. Like they, like you know, there's religions that you know, like like oh, you shouldn't masturbate because you know, God, God, you'll upset God or whatever. And you're just like, well, what? <laughs> he should be watching me. And it comes down again, consent. It's like I haven't said he can watch me. I don't give a shit if he created us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Go do your thing. Go do your thing. I've got this to do. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's excellent. <laughs> maybe maybe that should have been like before you masturbate, you should say, excuse me, God, like turn around. Right? <laughs> <laughs> can I can do I you mind? Hand? Do you mind? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you get a feeling halfway through and you're just going, hey, 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 come on. Can a man, can a man get a bit of privacy around here? <laughs> Turn around, God. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, that's... That... That's when the Eastern that's and the Western super- superstition combine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the way, <laughs> oh man, just I mean, imagine being God, and he just looks down on us, and it's just us just masturbating just constantly. <laughs> just the whole, the whole species yeah. just like like right. like, <laughs> like gibbons, like monkeys in the woods, in just just pulling each other off. Yeah, God probably be like, yeah, I seen it. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you turn around. I've seen this before. <laughs> I can't believe I made that one that small. That's a... <laughs> you're obviously a reject. <laughs> I'm not taking credit for that. That's bullshit. I never did that. That's you. That is. That's your. That's your parents' shit genes. <laughs> You should be ashamed. You should be turning around, let alone me. I'm not turning around. You turn around. You should never get that out again. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, you, speaking of comedy, uh, I was, I was checking out your CV and uh, you got, you, you, you won the, is it a scholarship uh, for uh, SNL? Oh, yeah. Is it a scholarship? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty uh... cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, it was it was a it was a scholarship sponsored by Saturday Night Live and through mm. diff, uh, four different comedy school. Um, um, and the the comedy school that I, uh, uh, I got the scholarship from is uh, People Improv Theater in New York. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was like you know we we got to you know take free classes to learn um sketch writing, character writing, Brilliant. um, and or even just performance. But then I. I got it during the pandemic, during the lockdown. So there wasn't a lot of like live uh, performance that you know could be had. Um, so mm. it's mostly that like, through Zoom. But it was still pretty cool though. Um, yeah, I got to talk to the producer uh, from Saturday Night Live. We we got to meet a cast member. Um, you know, so amazing. It was a good experience. Yeah, yeah, and it's great, man. And that, and so yeah, we joke about. You know, doing a gig for five dollars. You know, with driving miles and miles and miles. But then on the other side, you get beautiful things like that happen. So I think your mum would be proud that that happened. It's something <laughs> that, that that she could understand. I know with my parents, if she, right. I recently had a special out on TV on a on a on a uh, on, on a ch- on an online channel, and now they could finally understand what I do. They went, "Oh, we can. That's tangible to us. We can see that now." Yeah. Whereas before they don't understand. Like the other night, there's a, there's a, I don't know how, how long you've spent in the UK, but there's a place called Leeds, and Leeds is just, it's, it's like 250 miles away from where I live. And I went up and did that in one night and then came back. And then my dad was like, why? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to, it's what we do. Right. <laughs> but the TV thing, yeah, but the TV thing, you went, oh, I get it. Oh, I get that. So that would be the same with, with SNL. You yeah. Know? It's a thing, yeah. it's something that they understand. Yeah, as, as, as long as you can see it, you know, like, like, like kind of more tangible than they probably will get it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't, 
like kind of like what I mentioned earlier, like like the older generation, like at least for my family, like the older generation, they still consume uh kind of TV from like China or Taiwan or like Malaysia. Right. So unless they have something similar like that, where I can be like, mm. oh, it's just like American version of that, right? Uh, if not, it's it's still kind of hard for them to grapple. Um, yeah. Yeah. How does comedy <laughs> differ? How does comedy differ from Malaysia to to Actually, the US? I, I would say Malaysia stand up. I, I'm definitely not an expert on 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 like like the comedy like like history in in, in Malaysia, but I know mm. stand up comedy has uh uh has started flourishing in in KL in Malaysia. Uh, I yeah. think like they started probably 10, 15 years ago. Uh, uh, and then it just got pretty big, I would say, because yeah. uh, for folks who enjoy stand-up in Malaysia, they usually speak and understand English. Uh, so they, you know, like, like so it's very similar to like US and UK. We still do set up punchline. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, like I mentioned, right, like, like, like in Malaysia, they, they are like people who, grew up speaking English. It's it's in there and then there are also areas and people who just grew up not speaking English. They will speak Malay or they'll speak uh, it's not that they don't understand English. It's more like they just don't not something that they uh, you know want to communicate day in and day out. So yeah. to them stand up is still a very foreign thing. It's still a new thing for them. Uh yeah in in you know like they they still they still kind of like like would probably consume the comedy, uh, like for Chinese family, for example, they probably consume it from from China, from China TV, mm. <clears throat> where they not so much stand up, but more like um, it's like it's sort of like sketch. It's a little bit like yeah, impressive yeah. sketch. Um, they do that, but also I think recently stand up has gotten bigger in China. So there has been a lot of Mandarin uh, stand-up shows yeah. uh, that, that, that are being broadcasted in China. Uh, even in UK and US, we we started to see a lot of Mandarin open mics. Uh, oh, really? And, uh, Mandarin comedy shows. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, so... So there, I feel like it's like they're at the nascent, not nascent, I would say like five years. So like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like sort of starting up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, uh, you know, it's there. Uh, it's, mm. yeah. Yeah. Have you, can have you, have you done these gigs in Malaysia? I did. Uh, I did. I did a, a few gigs in, in Malaysia uh, in English. So just, I didn't really change my material much mm. uh, aside from, converting from you know like 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 friend height to celsius <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which i need to do that when i do, this, do it in uk um and yes. uh and i also i also done a mandarin uh stand up uh in in new york uh, oh yeah. wow how was that was it yeah because I've, I've seen that i've been to a polish comedy night and it was these are the big stars from poland that were over in the uk and I didn't, I didn't understand uh-huh. the language, but I could. The rhythms were the same, and I could see you could see where the punchlines were, and then the the topper after the punchline. So it was the same deal, just different, just different language. Is that the same? 
with Mandarin? I I think so. I I'm still I'm I only did it like twice. Uh, and mm. I think there were a lot of like puns. Um, I think the one thing that cannot be chance carry over is the puns. Um, right. Um, which makes sense, right? And um, and also the solo like the subject matter is like if say mm. my joke is about lack of Asian representation in the U.S. media, and if I do that joke to a room of Chinese audience, they were like, yeah, I seen, a lot. I only watch Chinese <laughs> media. I don't see a problem of lack of Asian representation. No, what no, are you no. talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. that'll be bad. This guy's shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, the problem is you. You should be watching more Asian TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is more about you than just about us. You're a terrible person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do remember gigging in the U- in the US and I remember the, the host saying after I'd finished and he said, yeah, he goes, I kind of got some of it, not all of it. It sounded like mm-hmm. a broken cell phone conversation where, and you don't realise that, yeah, yeah, but the, we do say like the colloquialisms and the different the different names for stuff, you know, right. that, like say like yeah, bathroom, toilet, you know, like it's it's just those little differences that make all the difference. You don't realize until you travel more, and you don't yeah. having gigged in Australia and places like that, you don't realize how small your material is. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because like, yeah. you're, yeah, you're only talking about what you know in in the UK. And right. you go to another place and they go, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you on about? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And you just I feel mean, shit. <laughs> also, like, I think I I didn't realize this until I started doing a uh, show in the UK and Edinburgh. It's like when I, when I say Asian in UK, it means South Asian. Uh, mm. Mostly kind of like uh, refer to like, so, like South Asian, right? Right. Uh, and um, yeah, and I think I think there's also like like yeah don't, that difference of terminology that that I like I didn't really appreciate before I, before I like left US to do comedy. No, no, yeah. I, but then that's the, the it's the age old thing, isn't it? Travel broadens the mind, makes you realize a thing or two, you know. And and yeah. oh, I, and I've said this before. Having traveled and seen people from all over the place, you mm. start to realize that everybody fundamentally the same. We're all pretty much the same. Everyone's just trying to get by. Everyone's just trying to deal with the shit that's raining down on us. We're all trying to just pay our bills and, and get by and be decent to everybody and as much as we can. And, you know, so regardless of our, our different cultures, we're all pretty right. much the same. Yeah, I feel anyway. That's it. Again, maybe it's in a privileged position. I mean, yeah. But also everyone like to laugh and everyone want to laugh, right? And I think that essentially kind of boiled out to why we do what we do, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, man. You are right. So you're over in, you're going to be coming over in January? Mm Mm-hmm. January yep. 22nd to 24th of my show dates, but I'm going to be there for a week. 
Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Uh, we'll put a link. We'll connect. We'll collect, uh, connect a link to this for tickets and things like that. So, uh, so people can come find you. Where can we find you on the social medias? Uh, oh yeah. So my uh, Instagram is uh, Ricky Rick R I C K W E R I C K. Uh, or my website is rickysim dot com. Um. Uh. And if you want to check out uh uh. uh podcast that my friend and I uh, are working on. It's called Gaitians in the Pot. We just talk about Brilliant. any everything Gaitians <laughs> in the podcast. Uh, yeah. It's such a great term. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ricky, this has been amazing. Thank you so much, mate, for, for joining oh, us. Thank you so and much it's for such having an un- me. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. And we'll come and see you when you're over. Um, it's, uh, thank you for being up at such an ungodly hour. Um, so this has been Insane in the Membrane. This has been Ricky Sim. This has been Rich Wilson. And we'll see you next time. Insane in the Membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.